You're listening to the Row Dental Podcast. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, please visit our website at www.rodentallab.com. To speak with an expert, you can email us at info at rodentallab.com or give us a call at 800-228-6663. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Row Dental Podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Okay, who does full arch in here? Not you? Everybody. Yeah, I know you guys work on setups and all that stuff, right? So everybody in in here is involved somehow in full arch, correct? He, uh, now, dentures are full arch because you're replacing everybody's teeth. And we get up in the morning and we talk and we go through our day and we laugh and tell jokes and complain and everything people do. And we don't think about how we talk. But when we make our full arch cases, sometimes that's not going to happen to people. Not everybody, but some people, because we're changing, most of the time, we're changing uh, the position of their teeth because what they had before was just horrible. I mean, train wreck mouths. You should see what comes in that we make these cases on when we first start them. I mean, teeth all over the place, uh, bites are collapsed, all these things. And when we do these cases, we Everybody calls it opening the bite. I call it restoring people to the vertical, their healthy vertical dimension before they started to collapse, okay? And so they go from this position to that when their teeth touch, they touch sooner than they did before we did the surgery. And that was what their vertical dimension was. And everybody, I hope everybody understands vertical dimension. That's what their teeth were like when they were young. So everybody bite. Bite down and keep your teeth together. That's your vertical dimension. Wherever you're, that's your existing working vertical dimension. That doesn't mean it's correct. That's what it is at this point in time. Okay? So, um, with full arch, uh, unless it's crown and bridge, and we're working, you know, and even with crown and bridge, we do the same thing. The only time we don't change vertical dimension is if we're not doing full arch. And we don't always change VDO on all full arch cases. It, there's an analytical process we go through that tells us that it needs addressed, and then we call the doctor. We show them the opening one we want to go with, and, and, and we talk about it, and they either agree or disagree. 99% of the time, they said, yeah, you're right, let's do it, and, and that's where we start, okay? Everything is a starting point. When we make temporaries for full arch cases, when we make setups for try-in, when we do printed try-ins, all that stuff is a starting point. And uh, doctors need to use those provisionals or setups to determine where somebody should be, okay? So does any, anybody that doesn't understand the, the term freeway space, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed, okay, I'll, I'll explain. You know what freeway space is? No? Okay, when you have your teeth together, we go fast on that road to get us here? What's that? The freeway? Yeah, right. <laughs> when you have your teeth together, that's your VDO. When you're just relaxed and your teeth are apart like this, your jaw's hanging down, that space between your teeth is called freeway space. And when you talk, your teeth don't touch one another. 
And if when you're talking, your teeth touch, that's an indication you don't have correct freeway space. Okay. So if we if we make a mistake on vertical dimension and we open it, we position it too far open, and the people's teeth touch when they talk, they can't talk right. Okay. So there's a slide in here that has kind of guided me with diagnosing things uh, with this kind of work. It's a real simple, I'll, when I get to the slide, I'll tell you. Uh, we're basing everything that, that is based, this whole lecture is based on the fact that doctors are going to try to make these corrections chairside. Because not that you can't solve a problem if you go back and forth with the lab with setups or printed try-ins, this or that. It's just that it takes longer. So I go around and work with doctors with these problems when people can't speak properly. And uh, the biggest culprit is S. That's, a, that's the sound most people have a problem with when they get this work done. Or words like church, things like that, okay? And for every pronunciation that doesn't go right, there's a fix. And that's what I'm gonna show you today, is, is where, what part of the mouth all these sounds go to, so that when we're doing our work, we don't misposition teeth, we don't make teeth too big for people's mouth, over contour, and dental technicians have a, have a uh, you know, we, we do that quite a bit actually, until we learn that that causes problems. Now sometimes we're forced into it on Crown and Bridge because of preparation size, but even a millimeter can change the way somebody speaks one way or the other. Okay, so doing a chair side and fixing these things while the patient's there solves the problem because you can see the change happen right in front of your eyes as you do it. Okay, so uh, let me read this. Right here it says, whoops, wrong. The bulkiness of, of a prosthetic places strain on phonetics and the restorative dentist must work to find the best compromise. Okay, uh, so the position of the implants, the size of the prosthesis, the size of the crowns, uh, the vertical dimension, all that stuff can be affected or can affect somebody's speech. And this is what, <clears throat> this sentence right here kind of guides me more than anything else has in my career uh, in how to analyze these cases. Because if your tongue doesn't have room to move, you're not gonna, you're not gonna speak right. If you, if, if you try to say an S and your t the tip of your tongue is forced back because your uh, prosthetic is too bulky on the lingual, you're not gonna say it right. And you never will say it right. Even with speech therapy, you won't say it right. So we don't want, we, I don't, we don't want this tongue tension. We want people to be able to move their lips and their tongue. And there's a slide in here I'll show you about lips. Lips have a lot to do with it too. Okay, freeway space. We already went over freeway space. Everybody should know freeway space now. It's a space between your teeth when your teeth are not together and you're not talking, when you're at rest, like this. It's like, huh? When you say, huh, that's kind of where your mouth is when you're at rest, and there should be space. And remember something, as you speak, your teeth shouldn't touch one another. Or, or, or your mouth's not closing far enough to 
to allow you to speak properly. Now, that doesn't mean some people can't speak well like that, but what other things happen, like they get joint pain or TMJ problems, that sort of thing. So it's a big deal. Okay. So uh, if the structure of the jaw or placement of teeth restricts the movement that causes us to speak properly, stuttering or slurred speech or you hear people say S and it whistles or you hear people say S and they go S, S. It just sounds like a lisp. That's what happens. Okay. So this is, and I hear this all the time, slight slurring, hissing, lisping, spitting, problems with the sound T, H, F, and S. Uh, and, and most of the time it's slight modifications. But if you don't know how to do it, and believe it or not, um, some doctors don't know all this. Uh, sorry, Carl. <laughs> but some don't. Uh, and they, 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 you know, they asked me for this presentation and they study it. And one guy even put it in the book he's writing. So um, if, 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 if their teeth aren't in the right place or there's, it's too bulky or fat or constricted, then we're going to have problems. And, and sometimes that person sounds good to you, maybe because you've never heard them speak before, but to them, they don't sound like they used to to themselves. And that's even a bigger problem than something obvious because those are harder de to determine. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go past that slide. Basically, when we have people take bites and one check bites and we check how they speak, they should be sitting up and not lying down. What happens when you lie down? Your Gravity, your jaw, especially if they're sedated, which most of these people are and they sound a little drunk anyhow. So if they're laying down and you ask somebody to talk and, and, and they're halfway awake and halfway asleep, you know, it's hard to determine things, but they can't speak well. So sitting up allows their jaw to be in the correct position to talk. Okay. Where can adjustments be made? Uh, there's additive or subtractive, subtractive adjustments. There's moving tooth positions. Uh, and additive or subtractive can mean making teeth longer uh, opening, you know, making the bite vertical dimension greater, things like that, that it can be done. Some of it's just as simple as taking a burr and thinning the case out on the lingual. And that works quite often because, you know, sometimes we leave things too thick. Uh, that's why, I mean, there's a fine line between uh, the right thickness and too thin also. I mean, we, we're not God. We didn't make, give this person his teeth. We're making teeth. So we're constricted by material strength and things like that that cause us to make uh, appliances a certain thickness just to survive. And if we have done everything we can and the patient still has a problem, then, then their doctor needs to recommend that they go to a speech therapist and try to figure, work this thing out, okay? Because we can't make things that break. That's a failure too. All right, so this happens. I go to offices to help with this especially right in this area on uppers for S. This is where S is. And back here is where CH, church, SH, sushi, things like that. That's where those sounds come from. And if you have a problem back here, that can mean that it's either too thick or the, 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 you've constricted the patient's arch. And if it's an upper and lower, that can happen. That means that if you have to fix this, you have to do an entire reset on the case 
and bring the teeth buckly on the arch to make room for the patient's tongue so that when they say those sounds, their tongue doesn't get small and they can't say them properly, can't say the words properly. Okay, so they're sound groups. And here they are, right here. And I'm, I'm gonna go through each sound group, okay? Uh, I mean, this looks like a Rolling Stone announcement with that uh, picture they have for themselves, but anyhow. Um, there are sound groups. Okay. So, the sound group areas. Uh, so, here's all these sounds right here. All those sounds generate themselves right in this area in somebody's mouth. Okay. So, all this fancy big anatomy we put on crowns and some of our full arch cases that looks really nice in a textbook, I end up grinding off sometimes because that's the root of the problem of trying for somebody to try to say S or any of these sounds that you see here, S, D, N. And if you uh, try to say those words, you'll notice that the tip of your tongue goes to the same place for all those sounds. Okay, so what does that mean for us? Don't over contour things on the lingual, you know, just to make, just to see anatomy that's bigger than anybody ever has in their mouth. And we, we were doing that, and we had in a specific meeting about that. I don't know if any of you went to that about the lingual. Were you there, Andrew? Yeah. yeah. So that's what, I mean, last week I went to Jamestown, New York to work on a patient because she couldn't speak and she couldn't say S and all these sounds up here properly. And I ended up grinding all the anatomy out of the lingual of the anterior teeth and thinning it out up here. And then she could say yes. Okay. That's just one thing we had to do that day. So uh, this is where all those sounds come from, right in that area, all these. CHSH is here. It's, it's either this is too thick or the, the ridge, the width of the space between the teeth from right to left side isn't enough. And, and it causes people to slur their speech. Everything else can look great, they can't talk. And if this happens, if we end up with this problem where the teeth are too close together from right side to left side, we have to reset that whole thing and hopefully we catch that in the printed try-in instead of the zirconia phase. Because if in zirconia, if that happens to us, we have to first try to grind the zirconia and make space, which can, you know, as long as we don't get into the uh, we, we can't get into the cuss tips. We can't lose cuss tips because that's where the chewing is. So we have to try to thin out up to that point and glaze it and polish it. And, and maybe it works. Sometimes it does. But a lot of times it doesn't. Okay. BMP sounds. Why, did, why do you think I have a lady putting on lipstick right there? Anybody have a guess? You do. But there, there's a, it, it, you know, ladies, I don't know if you ladies do it. You pull your lip down so you can see this part of your lip. And when you do that, your lip curls under your incisal edges. And it's one of the questions I ask if a, any, even a man is there. You know, I ask them to do that. And if they can't do it, it's an indication maybe their teeth are too long. Okay. And so in the printed try-in, if I'm there, I'll shorten them and see how they talk. It helps their speech. And, and actually, it helps their looks because if your teeth aren't in the right position, you won't talk right most of the time, okay? 
So aesthetics and, and are one thing, but where your teeth need to be to talk is another. And usually, if somebody has speech problems, you follow the, the problem of the speech, and the aesthetics turn out to be good. All right, whether you're moving teeth forward or backward, which we have to do sometimes, or lengthen them or shorten them. Okay? So if somebody have a, has, a has a problem saying V or uh, what, F, and, and you'll notice that, I'll notice it if somebody can't, you know, they're having a problem with that, they'll say F, and we say it effort effortlessly, but they, their lip goes way up to try to meet the incisal ledges of their upper teeth like that, they're going like that, and they're, they're, they're struggling to say that sound. So that indicates that maybe their upper front teeth aren't long enough. And so, you know, I've watched those patients smile after I've seen that. In fact, longer teeth makes them look better, okay? So this is just a little trick I use when I see patients that have this problem. Okay, so now we're getting into the speech groups. N T and D. So if you try to say those letters right now, you'll notice your tip of your tongue goes to the same spot all the time. And it's at least most people's. That's right here. This is, this is where we focus, right here. Okay. So we, now when we are planning implant placements in guided surgery department, we're doing plans. If we plan an implant too far back or lingual, and you know we're causing that prosthesis in that area to be thicker than it should be, okay? So if we move this up here where we have more thickness in the appliance, but you know, to the point where the ac screw access hole is just lingual to the, ins in, you know, the incisal edge of the teeth, we have a better chance of, uh, first of all, the, the appliance isn't as bulky on the lingual. Secondly, we can thin it out here more and, and make room for people's phonetics. Okay, so all of these three sounds come from here, as other ones do, and the fix is this area. Like in a printed try-in, and regardless of what you do to the teeth, you have to fix that sound. So you grind and make space until the patient can speak, and if that means we have to move teeth forward, then maybe they needed to be moved forward a little bit, okay? So we don't just make teeth here, you know, as I've said before, we make people happy and we make smiles and we change your life with all this stuff. So they can't speak, they, they become really self-conscious, especially somebody who speaks for a living like a salesman or somebody who gives presentations or whatever. <clears throat> okay, DNT sounds. So uh, adjust the lingual area behind the teeth to be as thin as possible while keeping it up bulk for strength. Uh, secondly, uh, replace angled abutments with a lesser angle to move the screw excess hole closer to the teeth, which allows us to thin the case out more. You do this only if the screw excess hole doesn't come through the incisal edge or a buccal cusp tip or the face of a tooth, okay? That, that, that's the fix for that, and we see that all the time. So when we talk about what the footprint of a printed try-in should be, and we say that this should be no thicker than two to three millimeters from this hole on the buccal and lingual. That's why we do that. That's one reason we do it. Because the people need to know that they have all these things worked out before they go to their final zirconia. Or uh, it's not that it can't be fixed in zirconia, but everybody gets mad. 
the lab gets mad because the doctor wants to do it for free and the patient's mad because they spent all this money and they're not happy. Okay, and, and so it's not a good situation. Okay, L, same thing, this area. Okay, this is where we have to watch it. And there's not, you know, you can't fix everything. In, in crown and bridge, if you're doing single crowns or whatever, you need to match the anatomy of the adjacent teeth in the anterior on, with this sound. If the patient doesn't have a lot of anatomy, then we should match that. And most people, if you put your tongue behind your front teeth, it feels pretty smooth. Anybody feel roughness or large type anatomy in here in their teeth? It feels pretty smooth, right? Okay. And uh, we, we make these uh, huge mammalons and cingulums and everything that looks really pretty, but causes people problems sometimes. And sometimes, even if it doesn't cause problems, it doesn't feel right to them. They say, boy, that just feels big back there, you know? And people notice things that feel big in their mouth uh, because it's not natural. It just, just it feels crowded to them. And mentally, if everything else is working and they can chew and they can eat and they can talk, uh, if it feels uncomfortable to them, that, that's stuck in their mind and they're never happy with it, you know? Okay. L sign sound tongue to teeth, L, L, L. You say L, you know, you're somewhere between your incisal edge and where the lingual uh, of the tooth hits the gums when you say that, the tip of your tongue. So again, we're up in that anterior area fixing things. And uh, full arch folks, you know, waxing dentures or we're doing printed terrains, we try to keep that area as thin as strength will allow. TH, tongue to teeth. If you say the or that, a lot of times the tip of your tongue, stick, well, most times it sticks out beyond your teeth. Okay, so this fix could mean that your teeth are too long and your tongue just, you know, instead of going straight out, it's, it, it, it gets forced down and then you can't say the sound properly. So uh, we don't know that here. We know it when the doctor sends a case back and says, shorten you know, the anterior teeth by two millimeters. They don't tell us why, but that could be why. All right. So that's why if somebody has a study model or adjacent teeth are a certain length that we try to mimic that with whatever crowns or bridges we're making. Okay. Uh, S and Z. Uh, S is right behind the tip of your tongue. Z is, is the same place. So. Uh, or S, it's right behind your front teeth. On the, in, you know a little bump behind your front teeth that everybody has? It's the incisive papilla. That's the area where, you know, your S and Z sound comes from. Right there. So, uh, <laughs> everybody hates S. Everybody hates S. Uh, Dr. Stefanik, you, you, have you seen that issue? That's always the number one issue. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, afraid of S's. Yeah. And uh, most of the time it can be fixed. And most of the time it relates to something that is too bulky that we make that, you know, we do with good intentions, but it's just not, it's different from what the patient had. Okay. Uh, secondly, uh, with the full arch cases that we make, airflow under the bridge must be controlled. Anterior tooth positioning and length must be accurate. And a posterior arch width must not be too constrictive. If 
we make these uh, guided smile cases or zirconia uh, uh, full arch cases, we make the gums touch the ridge. <clears throat> and that's for a reason, especially on the upper. If, if there's air that can go between the gums and the, the, the intaglio or the tissue side of that appliance, people won't say their words properly or they'll salivate and, 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 and they'll slobber all over themselves because the spit goes under there. For some reason that causes uh, saliva, you know, excessive saliva. And, uh, uh, you know, people complain that they're drooling and they don't like it. And as soon as we close the space, sometimes that fixes the problem. Or we, you know, we concentrate on the area behind the front teeth where the S and the Z sound. Uh, emanates. Okay, S and Z, here's the picture of it. See the space? There's space here. And if in the mouth there's space, everybody, they know it. You know, one lady came here. She came here from North Carolina for me to work on a case for her twice. And we got her fixed. And she would close her mouth and she would force air under her appliance right here, right in front of my eyes, and I could see her lips puff out every time she did it. She would force the air to go between her gums and her, her bridge, and I could see her lips move right here. So we fixed that and she couldn't do it anymore, and she talked better. So people travel that far to fix this problem. It's, it's serious stuff. <laughs> and she paid for her own way. Okay, S and Z sound. So, what do you do with S and Z, like <clears throat> I showed you before? It could be the length of the teeth. It could be the lingual areas <clears throat> behind the front teeth or the laterals and centrals. It's never going to be in the canine areas. But sometimes when you have church problems or sushi problems, the SHCH sounds, you end up sh thinning this out in this area. And sometimes, very rarely, you have to remake a case and broaden the arch form, bring it out further. Okay. Teeth to teeth, SH. So when you say SH, uh, I think S is one of your closest speaking positions, meaning that uh, when you say these sounds, your teeth are closer together than uh, with any other sound that you make. Uh, and if when you make S and H, if I get involved, if I'm in, if the doctor asks me to get involved in the case, I make sure when they say that that their teeth don't touch in the posterior when they talk. So if you say shh, you'll feel your, your mouth come together. And, and, you know, if your teeth touch there, then maybe the doctor needs to equilibrate. We need to equilibrate that appliance so that they don't, so that their mouth can close the necessary amount to say that sound. And what does that revert back to? Something we talked about early on. Freeway space. Huh? Freeway space. Freeway space, right. So if they don't have enough freeway space, and they say SH, their teeth will touch and they won't be able to close far enough to say it properly. Okay. SH. That's, that's, you see where I'm grinding right here? This is SH right here. So it's, you know, we need to anticipate that here when we make our cases and make sure that area isn't over bulky but still maintain strength, okay? If the, if the teeth are in the right place and the bulkiness is causing a problem on that gum area, we thin it down to as far as we can for strength. There's nothing more we can do. 
you know, then we have to change arch form and, you know, that can be a problem. F and V. So you see where, you see where your teeth are with F? Then anybody says F or V, and you say it properly, your incisal edges will land about halfway in the middle of your lip or a little bit behind that. Okay? I think it's the vermilion border of the lip, they call it. And that's where it should be. And if you can't say that, either your tooth are too short or they're too long or they're out too far or they're in too far, you know. So, you know, that's what we have to determine. And the way to determine it is to see where these sounds fall on the lip most of the time. And if they don't fall there, for instance, if a patient comes and we're doing a printed try-in test and she can't say the, those words, I look, I check all those things. And if her teeth need to be brought out, I'll add acrylic on the facial side, grind it on the lingual side and, until they can say that word right. And we know that that's where those teeth have to be. And if it's an upper and lower prosthesis, then we need to move the lower tooth out to some degree to help uh, correct the uh, overjet problem there. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot to it. I could get into it pretty deep, but I won't. However, this is what we need. This is where we need people to be able to say the F and V sound. Okay. So, like I told you, we grind the length of the, add to the length of the teeth or grind the length of the teeth or move them forward facially or backward lingually till they reach the point where these people can speak properly. BMP, BMP, you know, that's more of a lip thing. Your teeth don't come together when you say those things. So if you say B or M or P and your front teeth touch one another, that means that your teeth are going to stop, is going to stop your mouth from closing and your lips are going to have to stretch to say those words because you can't say any of them without your lips coming together. All right. So, uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's why there's a lot of resets sometimes in dentures and that's why there's extra printed try-in uh, resets for some of this reason. And, uh, you know, here, if the doctor complains about that, a lot of times I'll get them on the phone and say, let's do a FaceTime with the patient. And they agree. And so I'll be able to see the patient talk and I watch their lips and I try to see their facial expressions and how they're trying to say the words. And I can get an idea of where we need to start with that. Or they'll send us a, you know, a thumb drive with a video of the patient speaking. And we're able to tell that way too. But if it's, it's nice to be live where I can ask the patient questions and say different things and hear them interact with me because as I'm talking, I listen to them speak and that helps me too. Okay, that's it. I hope it was good. Anybody have any questions? Okay, good, thank you. Thanks for listening to the latest from the Row Dental Podcast. For more information about the topics covered in today's episode, visit our website at www.rodentallab.com. To keep up to date with Rodental Laboratory, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Rodental Podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.